0: Jen, I'm Casey, and we are coming to you right here right now with the inaugural episode of our podcast, Chat Ahoochie, <laughs> and today we will be answering some burning questions, courtesy of Yahoo Answers, and they're all from
1: April, around mid-April, so they're all questions of our
0: times. <laughs> Um, and I really hope that with this podcast, we can, you know, really speak to the people and we'll learn a lot about living and a little (laughs) about love. (laughs) And, And with that, let's go to our first, uh, our first question here. Oh wait, that one doesn't, no longer exists. We'll go to our second question.
1: We know all these questions are really common. You know, these people are asking them, but when one person asks a question, it always means 20 people in the room had the question. Exactly. You know, the old
0: teacher wisdom, if one kid is raising their hand confused, none of the kids know what's going on. Exactly. Uh, So we want to dispel any stigma against asking these kind of questions. We hope that we'll give you the courage to ask your own questions someday. Yeah. So, our first question, actually, uh, is what do you like best about bananas? <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is really a really burning question. So, I, I'm going to turn this one over to Casey to start because I've been thinking about this and I have some, I have some thoughts, but I want to know what you think. The top
1: banana quality in my mind is that they have their own wrapper and they're so easy to steal from dining halls. I actually don't like them currently in my life because I (laughs) stole too many of them from dining halls for the four years I was at Bowdoin. Sorry, Bowdoin. And
0: I got pretty sick of them, but they really, they really got me through college. So in your day-to-day grocery shopping experience, you do not partake in banana, bananas. (sighs)
1: I got them recently. I really like mixing them with oatmeal and cooking them and pretending that it's banana bread.
0: Oh, it seems pretty
1: reasonable. It's, it's pretty tasty. You can put raisins in it. I also love that they taste exactly like uh, circus peanuts. <laughs> Wait, they do? Yeah, circus peanuts are banana-flavored. Or are bananas circus peanut-flavored. God only knows.
0: <laughs> this is really a chicken and egg kind of situation. I mean, really, <laughs> yeah, we should... classic banana, and egg. Yes. Banana and circus peanut situation on our hands. <laughs> really, they should rename that kind of situation. <laughs> um, well, what I like best about bananas is their versatility in terms of what you can do with them. I personally like putting them in smoothies. I chop them up and freeze them when they're super ripe and use them in smoothies uh, instead of using ice. You know, mm-hmm. you ins- don't use a fresh banana and ice. Use a frozen banana. Cut out the ice. Cut out the middleman. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't <laughs> water down the smoothie with ice. Exactly. That's actually what Nike was referring to when they came up with their <laughs> their slogan. It was
1: kind of... Co-opted. Is that the word? Yeah, sure. Co-opted. Co- Mom, help. What is it? <laughs> Text me. <laughs> um, by the shoe industry.
0: Yes. But it's okay. Um, the one, la- the the final thing I'd like to say about bananas is that when I was a young child, uh, an impressionable youth, and I was watching the cinematic classic (laughs) Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, uh, they talked a lot about how bananas have potassium. And that was actually, like, a key plot point was that the daughter knew that bananas were a good source of potassium because her dad was a geek. And then she, like, saved some kid that had a potassium deficiency. So every time I eat a banana, I'm like... Thanks, movie. Right. <laughs> now I know. The food that I associate with Honey I Shrunk the Kids, since you ask,
1: is the oatmeal cream pie. Because they find one, like, on the ground when they're tiny, and it's massive, and that's just my dream. Having a giant oatmeal cream pie.
0: And, like, sw- would you, can you swim in it? Would it what? Would its no, consistency? You would, it would kill you immediately. <laughs> <laughs> it is not a floaty substance. Oh, ma- Wait. Maybe I'm thinking of Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. Which one was first?
1: Oh. I'm actually... I have no idea. It was one of the the beautiful series. But another thing... Where is that
0: cast now? Anyway. Continue. They're probably lost in the couch (laughs) cushions.
1: The banana is really unique among fruits in that you cannot juice it. I've thought about that so much. I want banana juice... But I don't think it's possible without some sort of chemical reaction.
0: Is that why it's like banana flavored things don't actually taste like bananas? Because there's no like banana essence that can be extracted? That is a good theory. But the actual reason
1: that I read on like Reddit or something that might not be true. We're not going to check our references. You can do that if you feel like it. I read that banana flavor was extracted from some sort of banana, some sub breed of banana that is now extinct due to some sort of banana blight. What? And so the banana we have today is like, they're all genetically like twins. Oh, I've actually heard that. Which is scary because if one bad thing were to happen to those bananas, they would all be super susceptible. Oh yeah. So the so, banana flavor was created after a type of
0: banana that got wiped out. So how do they produce new banana flavor? They just know what the, was in the old banana. They flavor. just know the chemical composition and can, form, I guess, create or a they those grass.
1: they like eat bana- other banana flavored things and use like model after that. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. People might not like things that are flavored like our bananas. Do
0: you eat? You eat like green bananas, don't you? Yeah, that was that's another interesting thing about me and bananas. I do not like my banana. (laughs) There's so many interesting things we talked about bananas for six minutes. (laughs) We did talk about bananas longer than I anticipated, but it's good that we have a lot to say about them. They deserve the limelight here. They deserve the banana (laughs) light. i do i eat my bananas greener than is is typical i would say
1: i, I don't like that i think the texture is so weird
0: yeah but they can go too far the other way as well. they're they're quite turgid but they're
1: turgid and i feel like there's like stuff sticking to my teeth
0: i as as i've matured yes I, I am starting to like less green bananas oh interesting i don't know what that indicates what that says about me my maturation process, but I don't know. When you get older, your taste buds are supposed to start dying off. Oh, so maybe I, maybe I before really the the ripeness was an overpowering flavor, and now it's just my taste buds are already dying, and doesn't matter. I can't <laughs> taste them. All right, so that that's uh, there you go. I don't know who asked this question. I don't know how to find Matt eighty five. Oh. There's your question. Does that mean there's that
1: he's answer. like?
0: sometimes 33 sometimes usernames do do tend to have birth years in them so it's possible let's not dwell on that <laughs> i don't think we want to know the answer <laughs> okay uh why don't you start this one off, Casey? Sure.
1: Uh do all UFOs
0: look like Reese's peanut butter cups? Um well that's pretty it's a pretty insightful question but I feel like they make a fatal flaw. That flaw is that they're taking the stereotypical like flying saucer mm-hmm. kind of UFO image and applying that broadly to all identified flying objects. and they're, So they're making a parallel between a flying saucer shape and a Reese's Peanut Butter shape. And I feel like that's an error in logic and judgment.
1: It is interesting that they chose the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup because there are so many objects... That are saucer-shaped, including saucers. Saucers. Or as we usually call them, (laughs) plates. But I think they're onto something because Reese's Pieces were featured in the classic 80s film E.T., the extraterrestrial. Oh, they were. He loved Reese's Pieces. So is it a coincidence that they paid for a movie... That made aliens look so friendly and cute, and they—oh my god! (laughs) Okay, I'm not really sure where to go with this, but I'm pretty sure uh, Hershey's is completely made of reptile aliens. So the CEO is for sure a lizard person. I
0: think this is the birth of a new conspiracy theory. I think so. Hearing it right here, this is the conception.
1: So what, what would motivate them? They must be aliens themselves. They Oh, they created the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup as an homage to their transportation method. Yes. Like how we always make chocolate cars. Chocolate cars? <laughs> because we are transported
0: by car. Have you actually ever had chocolate cars or are you making things up right now? Uh, I've seen a chocolate car. I used to make a... Uh... Like during Christmas time, I used to make little trains out of lifesaver rolls. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's transportation. It's, it's the same theory. Yeah, you make food and that looks like
1: your transportation. And
0: they're slowly trying to convince people, like, hey, this is a friendly, reassuring, tasty shape. If you see this <laughs> shape, don't be weirded <laughs> out. Just start salivating. <laughs> yes, exactly. They are, Pav- it, this is straight up Pavlovian conditioning. <laughs> Oh my god, we've blown this wide open. Oh my
1: god, they're coming for us right now. We need to publish this, we need to stop this here, publish it, and
0: get out of town! If, any, if you never hear from us again, you know why. <laughs> Reasons come for us. <laughs> Great question, question mark. That's oh my the, god! That's the person's username. Wow. Uh, their avatar is Wilson. Wilson! So they're obviously in hiding
1: as well. Yep. Leaving us to take the blame. Alright. Oh, is this another one of the ones that you read? Yes. So, this is a question within the category of science and mathematics. Would wolves be dangerous if they were in the street like dogs without a master?
0: Jen, what do you think? Would wolves be dangerous? Um... I don't really know what they what they're getting at with the like dogs without a master, but I'm just I'm just going to think of wolves being in the street. Um
1: you know how dogs wander the street sometimes? Like a stray would, dog. Yeah. If you saw a stray dog, but then realized, "Oh, it's a wolf." Would you be more scared? <laughs> Cuz I would.
0: Yeah, so yeah, so definitely. They're they're definitely There's two questions here. There's like an absolute question, would the wolves in the street be dangerous? And then there's sort of a relative question, would the wolves be more dangerous than their dog counterpart? So the answer to the relative question, in my mind, is absolutely, because domesticated dogs are vastly different behaviorally than a wolf. Yes. So I think a wolf roaming in the streets would be more dangerous than a dog roaming in the streets. Like, the like the probability that that wolf is going to attack. Like, mm-hmm. there are definitely feral dogs mm-hmm. roaming streets, and they could be aggressive, they could attack. But I think the wolves are more likely.
1: I think my immediate thought was that, yes, wolves would be more dangerous. However, now that I'm thinking about it, I think it depends on how the wolf got into the street. Because if the wolf wandered into the street, mm. that wolf is probably rabid. Because wolves don't want to be around people. Right. Dogs do, which kind of makes dogs more dangerous. Dogs know how little humans are capable of because they grow (laughs) up around us. So they're like, yeah, fuck with me. I don't care. (laughs) But wolves are like, ooh, I don't want to be around you. So they might run away. If they're not rabid. So if someone just released a wild wolf into the street, just all of a sudden there was a wolf in the street. Nothing's wrong with the wolf. The wolf would probably run off.
0: If there's a feral dog in the street, it might be more likely to bite you. But but if a wolf was just randomly released into the street, it wasn't rabid, it would feel I feel like it would feel much more threatened by all the people and commotions that it finally it, it suddenly finds itself surrounded by. Yes. Um and it might react aggressively to that. Whereas I feel like a dog would be less likely to react aggressively in that situation.
1: I think that's true. So it also depends on if the wolf feels that it has an escape route. If it's in the middle of a huge crowd of people, yeah, I think that would be really dangerous because it doesn't feel like it has an escape route. But if it's just in a street, like in a suburb at night, there are like a few people some places, it could run down the street toward just away from any lights it sees maybe. I don't know. I recently saw this guy in a bar who had a like husky mixed puppy and he was telling people, oh, She's a husky. I'm not supposed to tell people this, but she's actually half-wolf. And I'm pretty sure he was lying. Just to seem cool, because people want to seem like they're taming wild creatures. Because that's kind of the ultimate human power. And especially, like, a masculine thing. Like, oh, I want to have power over nature. Yeah, I want to subdue it. I want to, yeah. Yeah, I want to subdue it. I want to have this thing on a leash in a bar. (laughs) (laughs) But... Like, sure, that's cool, that's fine, but it also kind of is super harmful to wolf dogs because wolf dogs are famous for being the type of animal that people will get as pets and they just get really easily overwhelmed and they end up like, isn't there a wolf dog, like, reserve on the way to Bar Harbor from here? Is there? I think there is.
0: Really? Yeah, I
1: always drive by one. So, they end up at places like that, which is not really optimal for any animal. I mean, it's better than a house, but, you know, some of them never get to a reserve. They just are always in a house, and it sucks. But it it's really harmful because he's telling people, this little docile husky mix is half-wolf. And so people be like, oh, I loved that puppy. She was awesome. Yeah. I'm going to get a half-wolf. They're mm. not hard to deal with. And they're going to get half-wolf, and they're going to gonna be bad for the person it's gonna be bad for the wolf dog
0: it's not a good situation i agree with that yeah assessment yes uh not to go off the leash but we're already but... off <laughs> we're free dogs. uh but this reminds me like all this talk of domestication reminds me of that study i think it was in russia where they're mm-hmm. domesticating foxes yes and i would not hesitate to if I, if I were living in, like, my own house, if I weren't in an apartment, and I saw a sign that was, like, domesticated foxes for sale, I would not hesitate to buy a domesticated fox. Really? But Just from reading, reading that one study? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Well, I remember
0: <laughs> that study a little differently.
1: <laughs> I remember, I used that study in my paper about, I don't know what I was writing about, dogs for macaquehern in our Anthropology 101, maybe, oh, 102 yeah, yeah. class and at Bowdoin and I remember that yeah they got they got fairly domestic in the course of like five generations or something yeah. like pretty impressive like how quickly they were ca- trying to figure out like what did our domestication of wolves kind of look like so they tried to do it with the foxes and it it took way less
0: time than anyone really would have expected so basically they started with a bunch of foxes and then they took the most, like, friendly and docile mm-hmm. of those foxes and mated them together. Yeah, just And so they kept, kept selectively breeding for the docility. Yeah, artificial selection. Yeah.
1: Yeah, docility. And some really interesting things happened. They started, like, their coat color started changing. Yeah. They started staying looking like puppies longer. Like, their ears and tails started flopping. Mm-hmm. So we think that... Well, not we personally. <laughs> um, the scientific community <laughs> slash the people who wrote this paper slash we think that those the genes d- associated with like gentleness in a dog and like personableness are linked with some physical features right. which is really interesting but i remember the foxes got pretty tame they got tamer than wild foxes yeah but i don't remember them saying like
0: this would be a great pet <laughs> yeah i do think i i have now that I'm thinking about it a little more carefully, yeah. um, I've heard some people who have foxes in their care. I don't think they're necessarily domesticated foxes, but like rescue foxes, like people who work in rescue type situations. Yeah, like first generation foxes. Yeah. And they, even if they're really friendly, they're kind of crazy. Like they're they want to be digging all the time and mm-hmm. they'll just kind of wreck your place of... Your crib, yeah, they'll wreck your crib. Mm. So, something I'm gonna keep my eye out for. We'll see what happens. I really you. hope
1: she does not find one.
0: <laughs> I'd have to see how well they they deal with cats first. I guess would yeah. be my first concern. Mm. Yeah. Um. So that that was an interesting question. The the best answer according to Yahoo was someone who just answered yes to the would wolves be more dangerous would wolves be dangerous. The answer was yes. So, Um, all right, Casey. Here's a question for you. Mm. Do you ever feel like everyone else is living their lives, but you're not? This reminds me of
1: the title of a book that I have not read by Mindy Kaling. Oh, it's
0: is everyone having fun without me? Have you ever read that book? I have. How's it? I think it's is everyone hanging out without me? Okay, yeah. Um, I read both of her. So, I think she has two biographies. Maybe she has another one now. Um, but I read them both, like, back-to-back in a very, like, bingey way mm-hmm. when I was traveling for a conference once. So I kind of forget what happened in which book because mm-hmm. um, they're not really temporally separated for me. But I do remember everything she said was incredibly relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I enjoyed both books a lot. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a really basic, common concern um that you're missing out that you're not having all the experiences that you could or should be having so have you ever personally felt that way i've definitely felt that way
1: and i've been sort of thinking about it in a more i think positive way lately Because I'm turning 26 soon, and that means that my frontal lobe is pretty much fully developed.
0: I know, congratulations to me. Um, Casey's, let me tell you all right now, Casey's frontal lobe will officially be fully developed exactly a fortnight from now. Mark your calendars. Put it on there.
1: So, I think that... Well, a little background about me. I have one and a half degrees in psychology-related fields. (laughs) So she's a pretty big deal. I'm a really big deal. So I know some things, including a thing that is social media in our era, in that it is used by everyone every day, is really affecting people in a really negative way. They've done studies and proven that well proven is a hard word to say they've they've shown they've shown that there's a strong correlation between use of social media and particularly instagram snapchat's not so bad if you want to cut one out make it instagram (laughs) then facebook then snapchat that's what i remember from the study so what you see on social media is the highlights of other people's lives and it creates an illusion that there are no bad things going on their lives and that they're sort of partying every day with lots of people. But really, nobody's doing that.
0: So. Right, no one's like, oh, um, you know, I'm getting my oil change right now. or Yeah, or
1: like, oh, I'm having a big fight with my husband.
0: Actually, some people do that on <laughs> Facebook. But most people just, like, <laughs> post pictures of, like, oh, we're
1: such a happy couple. But then think about the people you know well. Think about what they post on social media versus what you hear them complain about. They right. don't. They don't say, like, oh, I'm having a rough time in my marriage. Oh, my child is really alarming me with disturbing <laughs> pictures he's drawing. <laughs> they just post, like, oh, cute art that their child does. And, oh, cute couples' pictures. So don't worry about it too much. And also just kind of try to remember that nobody's keeping score in life. Nobody, nobody is going to win or lose. Nobody's really paying that close attention to what you're doing. So try not to stress out about what's going on in your life try to just find what makes you happy personally and just focus on that because like it's satisfying a little bit to be impressive to other people and to like do the things in life that you feel like you should be doing but i find that it's even more satisfying like much more satisfying to be doing things that feel like authentic to me and that feel fulfilling to me personally so kind of i would suggest this person to do some soul searching maybe it sounds like maybe you stay inside a lot and you wish you didn't maybe try to do new things it's always good to push yourself to do things that you're afraid to do maybe set a goal for yourself I like setting goals for myself like do one new thing or go once go to one new place each week this summer like you don't have to do it all at once just kind of try getting out of your comfort zone I think that's great
0: advice and I think I think if you asked anyone this question, Mm -hmm. they would say that they have felt something similar at one point in time or another. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that just goes to show that, like, like, everyone has something that they're feeling insecure or unhappy about. And so when you're looking at social media or talking to other people or watching TV or whatever, and you see people who seem fulfilled in a way that you're not, you're mm-hmm. going to feel inferior. Yeah. But if you ask those people that you're envious of, mm-hmm. they very well might feel envious of something you have. Like, yeah. Like, if I'm looking at pictures of people traveling across the world, I'm like, wow, I haven't really gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel bad about myself. But those people might be like, oh, like, I don't really have anyone important in my life, and that makes me feel bad. Yeah. So they're, you know...
1: Yeah, like, I was talking to someone, I won't name names, <laughs> I was talking to someone I feel like has a lot of friends and kind of knows everyone. Like, whenever we go out, people are like, oh, hey, what's up, name, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's up? And I'm always like, wow, you know everybody. And he's like, yeah, but then once we had sort of a heart-to-heart, and I was talking about my best friend Jen, <laughs> who <laughs> happens to be here, and, oh he was, my God. <laughs> and he was like, oh, wow, that's really cool, I've never had anyone I called my best friend. And so, like, like there are just things that you might take for granted. Like, I take my best friend for granted every day. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell her. Um,
0: Don't yeah. tell who what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are things that you probably take for granted and you think everyone has them, but not everyone does. And another example is a lot of times I feel like people are really sort of charismatic and outgoing, and I feel kind of envious of that. But a lot of times it's covering up a lot of, pain and stuff like I had a really good childhood my parents are still married and Mm. they love each other and me (laughs) and a lot of people don't have that but they're not going to say that to you they're not going to say like oh hey we're at a party my parents have never told me they're proud of me yeah (laughs) so like yeah Count your blessings, you know. Yeah, keep things in perspective. Yeah, appreciate the things you do have. I mean, we don't know you. It's possible you have zero good things going on in your life. <laughs> in that which seems case, unlikely. I'm sorry. Well, now you have been featured on a really good podcast, so you have that. Not everyone can say that.
0: Uh, I'm trying to find this, per- this person's username, but it's not. They're displaying it. anonymous. I guess they're anonymous, yeah.
1: I love the top question. <laughs> the top answer to this Do you ever feel like everyone else is living their lives, but
0: you're not? The top answer says nope
1: wait is this the same person it's question mark
0: maybe that's another thing for anonymous we'll have to do some digging question
1: mark (laughs) strikes again
0: we'll have to see how far the that rabbit hole goes um all right i think we have maybe time for one more question yeah for this episode yeah all right hit me with it casey do animal know the concept of god lowercase g (laughs) i wonder if that's an important distinction Am I supposed to answer this first, or are you? I think I've forgotten how it's supposed to go. You. <laughs> okay. So this is, um, again, this is from the category of science and mathematics. So, do animal know the concept of God? I think that that is an interesting question, and my gut is probably not. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of of something insightful to say about this. So so god is religion in general. So I guess the the more the better question or a better another way of saying the question is can animals have a con- like the concept of religion. Mm. And I feel like that requires some pretty high abstract thought. I mean, it's by definition yes. abstract, right? Like there's no it's faith-based. There is no tangible mm-hmm evidence, or whatever. So, I think to answer this question, we need to ask another question, which is are there any animals that are capable of high abstract thinking?
1: Mm. And then we have to define all of those terms. One answer to this question inspired by a class that we both took called Humans and Other Animals Mm. implies that we are animals, which I wouldn't argue with. So,
0: one animal does <laughs> know the concept yeah, of God. And, and, to be fair, the question is worded with animal in the singular. Do animal. Do we animal, animal.
1: We animal know we, concept of God. We humans. We, do we, we humans, do. we do. Well, I wonder if there's any culture out there that has never had any form of religion. Because, in a way, here's um, a hot take on religion. <laughs> it's kind of Just believing in a higher power, believing that there are forces in the universe controlling things around us that we don't understand, and that, I guess, are benevolent toward us.
0: So... Well, I mean, not necessarily. They're, like, Old Testament. Think of, like, Greek gods. There are definitely a lot of malevolent higher powers. I think...
1: If a dog looks at a car, he doesn't understand internal combustion.
0: (laughs) Neither do I, really.
1: (laughs) Well, neither do we, but I'm pretty sure it's not God. But I don't think, well, what do I know? But I don't think the dog really questions it. Right. Is that similar to people looking at, like,
0: the concept of, I don't know, the Big Bang Theory? Like, the, the beginning of the universe or something?
1: Yeah. And thinking, oh, I don't know, my, my owner just does that. <laughs> <laughs> like, or, I don't know, my god just did that. Right.
0: Who knows? Uh, so, this reminds me of this comic I saw once, and it made a, a very big impression on me. So, I was always a dog person growing up. Um, and so, it, this is kind of like a diss on cats, sort of. But now that I have cats I still think it's pretty funny so there, it's this comic and it shows a dog and he's thinking and he's thinking about his owner and he says wow like he feeds me he take care he takes care of me he cleans up my poop uh he must be a god and then there's a cat and the cat is sitting there and thinking wow he feeds me and cleans up after me and takes care of me I must be a god <laughs> and i think that really highlights the difference in psychology between cats and dogs and it implies that they both have the, con- the they are both capable of conceiving of a higher power
1: that's an interesting answer to this question that cats do understand the concept of god because they are it yes <laughs> because they understand the concept of themselves it's also hilarious that you bring that up, because I remember that comic from, like, 15 years ago. You know who loved it? Who? My mother. <laughs> yes. You guys mostly don't know this, <laughs> listeners, but Jen and my mother have a long history of being weirdly similar. Yes.
0: <laughs> we um, that's we just both, continuing. <laughs> we both have a great affinity for the song Hey Ya by OutKast. As well as the song I Don't Smell. Anything Anything. from the movie Holes. (laughs) And, um, I call my mom Missy Moo Moo, and Casey's mom calls Casey Missy Moo Moo. Yeah. So, it's it's pretty eerie. It's pretty weird. Continues to be weird. I'm so glad that we figured this out. (laughs) (laughs) That we've added more evidence to the fact that your mom and I are, like, on some kind of wavelength. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, imagine how
1: many things you have in common that we just haven't talked about yet. Oh my god. There's, this is the tip of the iceberg, you guys. This is gonna become the theme of this podcast. It's riveting stuff, (laughs) because you don't know either of them.
0: I cannot wait to find out more. Uh, But for now. Well, with that cliffhanger. What will we find out about me and Casey's mom next time? Tune in (laughs) to find out on the next episode of Chat. Ahuchi.